Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, I think, uh, maybe a little bit more personal. Um, but so many of you guys have reached out on Instagram asking why we chose to homeschool last year. Uh, this year, my son is going to more a traditional school, um, but homeschooling is still very much on my mind. And uh, we're kind of making this year mean to us, like a decision is going to be made after this year. Like, do we continue with more traditional school or do we go back to homeschooling? Uh, so I wanted to open up and share a little bit more about that because so many people had reached out asking about it. So first things first, let's put this into perspective. I was like, if you talk to me before 2020, before, you know, the pandemic, I was staunchly against homeschooling. I was like, I do not want to do that. I'm not a good teacher. I definitely don't want to be a homeschooling mom, like it just, it looked like so much work. I am not gifted as a teacher for small children. I am not gifted in that arena. If you are a teacher, I am praying for you. I am thinking about you. You are doing an incredible job. I mean, I definitely knew I couldn't teach other people's kids, but also the idea of like teaching my own kids really overwhelmed me. I truly just felt like I wasn't equipped. Like, I, d I don't know how else to word it. I just, it was like this thing that was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I had already written it off. I had already made my decision. And then 2020 happened. So my son was, oh gosh, oh my gosh, like three and a half, four. What, how does math work? <laughs> I don't, does anyone else feel like these last few years are like, math does not apply to the years? I don't know. They were young. My daughter had just been born like six months before. And my son was three and a half when she was born. So yeah, he'd be like four. Gosh, that's so crazy because he's seven now and it feels like 2020 was just like last year. Anyways, so he wasn't even in school yet. We hadn't done preschool. We weren't really planning on it. Um, Colorado changed their rules around kindergarten that it was going to be an eight-hour day. Uh, so if you went to a public kindergarten or even the private ones, it was an eight-hour day. And I was already on the fence about that. I just felt like because we hadn't done preschool because he was always home with me. Um, well, we did do daycare when he was first born, when I had um, like a clinical job. But essentially, it just felt like a really big jump to put him in preschool full time, like eight hours a day. It just felt like a really big amount of time away from the house that he had never really had before. And so it it felt like a really big jump. So that already felt stressful. Then we had the pandemic. And it was like, well, I really don't want his first experience at school. Like everything I was hearing from people we're like, oh, school got shut down for two weeks. Oh, you got like, you have to test for COVID. Oh, you have to like, your friend tested positive. So now you have to like wait a few days. And you know, like it was nuts. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that time, but it definitely felt like schools, first of all, were being shut down like crazy. And then on top of that, there was just like all these different rules and regulations at schools. And I was like, I'm not into that. Like I, I am not interested in having my life turned upside down every other day of, wondering, are they going to be able to go to school? Are they going to be sent home early? Are they going to be sent home for two weeks? Are they going to be sent home for two days? You know, I just wasn't interested in that hectic life. And I know that's, you know, a choice for me. Uh, it's not a choice for everybody. But for me, I was like, listen, I'm at home. I work for myself. I have this flexibility. Maybe we should just homeschool. It was the first time I had really even considered it. And so I started like looking into it and was really intimidated, really overwhelmed, really, and this was kindergarten, you guys. I was like, okay, if I'm going to homeschool anytime, I'm a, I can, 
do kindergarten. Like, that's fine, right? And so I kind of started to like peck away at it before the school year was really going to start. And then it came down to the summer before he would have started kindergarten, we had to make a decision. And it was still so up in the air. I mean, this is 2021, right? How does how does math work again? Uh, or Yeah, it was 2021. And so I we had to make a decision. And I said, you know, it's kindergarten. I'm, I'm at home. Nothing's really going to change for us other than obviously adding in teaching elements. But let, let's just homeschool. Let's just try it and see how it goes. So we decided to go for it. And I fell in love with it. <laughs> I like did all this planning. Now, almost nothing went to plan as like most homeschoolers listening to this is pro- are probably like laughing because that's how it usually works. It's like you make these big, beautiful plans. And I had like the whole year mapped out and None of it went to plan, but that's okay. It was all about learning how to lesson plan, how to figure out what we're going to learn, what curriculums to use, and follow different people on YouTube and Instagram and (laughs) all the things. And I learned so much about homeschooling. I learned so much about our traditional school system here in America, at least public school. I learned so much about private schools. In Colorado, we have school choice, which I absolutely love, but we do have a lot of choice. We have public charters, we have private charters, we have public schools, we have private schools, um, and then of course homeschooling. So we have like a really wide range of different schools that we can choose from, which also means in Colorado that schools are constantly popping up and shutting down which is stressful too. I don't really want, I I went to like the same school district my entire life. Like I went to the same elementary school and then the same middle school and then the same high school. Like I didn't change a thing. I lived in the same town practically my entire life. So change to me in a school system feels like being the new kid stresses me out. I'm like, I don't want to have to pull my kid or move my kid around a lot. So I really just wanted to like start with homeschool and take it slow. So that's what we did. We started homeschool and we took it really slow. I had a ton of grace for myself. I had a ton of grace for my son. Um, He loved it. He loved being at home. He really didn't want to go to school, although I don't think he fully obviously understood what that meant, but he loved learning at home. I wanted to also continue to let his love of learning grow. And this isn't true for everybody, but sometimes when you go to a school environment that obviously has 20 plus kids in the class, Teachers can't, I mean, literally physically cannot keep everyone's love of learning alive because they all are going to need different things. And you just cannot do that with 20 different kids. And so I, you know, that was a really big priority for me that I wanted him to love learning and love school. And um, I felt like I could create an environment that would do that for him really well, especially in these early years. So through my time researching homeschooling, and what this could look like for our family, I really fell in love with the idea. I really did. And I think so many people have a ton of misconceptions and um, false beliefs around what homeschooling is, what homeschooling does. I got a ton. I mean, I don't think I've received more worse comments than when I've said that I've um, chosen to homeschool, not only online, but also like in person, like people in my real life would say things that I'm like, did you really just want to say that? Like, is that really how you want to um, communicate your feelings about homeschooling. I mean, it's really amazing. Uh, people have a ton of beliefs around what homeschooling does. And people also have these things about public school, right? Like they have a ton of beliefs and thoughts around public school and what it does and doesn't do. And so people are just really passionate about it, which I appreciate. I think it's good. I think it's good that we're passionate about it. I think it's good. People have options. I think it's good. Everyone has a different, um, 
uh, system of beliefs that work for them in their home and in their family. And I think every kid is different. I think different kids will thrive and, and do well in different environments. I think I did really well at a pretty big public high school. Uh, I didn't realize at the time what a great education my high school was. That's another thing here in America, every single um, county, every single school district is very different. The type of education you receive, the quality of education you receive, even though everyone's trying to be at the same level, it is wildly different. And I did not realize how good of a school system I grew up in. Um, so I didn't realize that wasn't normal. And being here in Colorado, it's vastly different. And I, I didn't know that. So there's a lot of education that goes into it. A lot of realizations with your first kid um, going through school and making these types of decisions really just opens up your eyes to everything that's out there and, of course, what we could be doing better, but also how you're supported in the decisions that you're making. So I'm going to get into some of the reasons why we're considering homeschooling or going back to homeschooling. Um, But before I do that, I just want to be really clear. I don't think there's one right answer for every kid. I don't think there's one right answer for every family. Everyone's in different circumstances. I mean, if I had like a full-time nine-to-five job, but we just couldn't. Like, we couldn't homeschool, right? So, like, there's just different abilities that different people have right now um, based on your family experience. Now, that being said, I have certainly met and listened to a lot of families who were in those situations who decided to quit one of their jobs, live off less income-wise, sell their house because homeschooling was such a priority to them. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. So, of course, as I did a lot of my research and started homeschooling, um, first of all, you learn very quickly that homeschooling is not like schooling at home. In fact, most people who did like, quote unquote, homeschool during 2020, it did nothing, nothing like homeschool, like true homeschool. Most parents try to just like school at home. So they replicate the idea of school, what they remember their school experience being or what they've seen and try to just replicate it at home. So we have like different periods and learning Like you're just learning English in this hour and the next hour you're learning math and then whatever that might be. Um, And you have different supplies for each. And, you know, especially for the parents who were, again, quote unquote, homeschooling, I feel like there needed to be a different uh, term for it. Um, But really just like monitoring your kids, getting on Zoom and things like that during the 2020 craziness. That is so hectic. Like I can't even imagine doing that for seven, eight hours a day, Um, maybe even a little shorter, but even still horrible, like horrible experience. I can totally see why parents who experience that are like absolutely never going to homeschool again because it's so, so different. When you are still showing up to try and follow the same curriculum as a school who shut down, you're you know, doing schooling from home and you have to hop on Zoom with like a kindergartner or a first grader, like, no, thank you. I wouldn't do that either. And I very quickly learned that homeschooling really is not that at all. Now there's all sorts of different ways to homeschool. There's no one right way I did a really blended practice of all these different types of homeschooling kind of theories um, or practice in our home. So I took what worked for us and I left the rest. And that you, I really feel like with homeschooling, you have to be so confident in your 
decisions because it can be so easy to hop online and see, oh my gosh, I should be doing Latin and I should be doing this Charlotte Mason study, nature study, and I should be doing all these things. And you can get so overwhelmed with it. But what what you need to remember is that kids are designed, created, and internally motivated by learning. They really do have a thirst to learn. Now, it may not look like worksheets and workbooks and calculators, but it does look like like questioning what's happening, what's going on here, why is it this way, why is it that way, you know, all these sorts of things. So it really was about, for me, creating environments where those questions came naturally so that we could answer them together or we could figure it out together. So whether that was going on like more field trips, opening up to new experiences, new people, interviewing people, going, you know, whatever it might be, everything was a learning experience. And I think that's what you learn in homeschool so quickly is like, yes, we had workbooks and I love them because they were really nice. It was like, I open up to page three. Here's what you're doing today. Read this. Like literally it'll be like in red, parents read this, kids do that. Like it was really nice to just like open and go on the workbooks. But once I started to like realize that literally every moment of our life together was homeschooling, it opened up the doors to so many possibilities. Like we would go to the grocery store and everything was about like math, adding things together, uh, shape, sorting, sizes. Everything was about learning. So he loves math. I love math. So we really connected over that. So a lot of math was done in our home. But even like pre-reading, he wasn't really into reading. So we took a step back and I said, I'm not going to push him to read books and get him frustrated because every time we would try and learn sight words, he would get really frustrated. He would get upset. He would feel bad. He would feel like a failure, like he can't get it. Little did I know, as soon as I did some more research, that's very typical for his age, that actually a lot of the skills, brain development skills that we need to learn how to read do not develop until age six, seven, and beyond. And so when I thought, oh, if I have a homeschooler, he better be reading, <laughs> that it just wasn't actually realistic for his age range. And I wouldn't have known that if I sent him to public school. I don't think I ever would have researched it. And he would have been learning sight words. Now, sight words and like memorization are different skill set than learning how to read, how to put sentences and words together and sounds together. And now he's in first grade. Now he's in traditional school and he's learning how to read. He's like crushing it. But I really, it's, I don't, let me be really clear here. Our teacher is fantastic. The school is fantastic. We really love it. I don't think it's the school. I think I could have done it too. I think no matter what his environment was, he would have been developmentally ready to learn how to read at the age that he's at now. And all it's about is creating support systems, like scaffolding to get him to be able to do it. It's really not about the environment of a traditional school versus a homeschool. Now, that being said, both traditional schools and homeschools can be bad scaffolding, right? Like you can have poor support systems where your homeschool system is not taking it seriously, not doing the right things, not focused on the right things. You're not learning how to build that scaffolding, right? Like you're not actually doing that, but that can happen in public school too. And I've seen that happen as well, where there's failures for kids and they're not actually learning. I really love with homeschool, our ability to be flexible. I can see one day to the next what's working for my son and what wasn't working for him. I got to know him really, really well. And I already felt like I knew him, but like now I know how his brain works, what he responds to, how he's learning, how he best learns. Like him and I learn math a little bit differently. And so it was interesting having to like come at it a different way. Um, He wasn't really understanding how to tell time. So I just switched the way that I taught it. And all of a sudden everything clicked for him. It was incredible. And I was lit up every day 
there were hard moments, don't get me wrong, but there were moments where I was lit up watching him learn something new. And I, I feel like I'm going to get emotional, but, um, I miss that this year that he's in school. He'll come home and tell me, and that's really cool. But watching the, the things click into place for him was so satisfying and so fulfilling to see him learn something new and grasp it and finally understand it and feel confident. I miss that. He does that in school now. And so that's really sad for me. I think it was such a great moment between us. It was really uh, empowering for us as a family. You know, he was showing his sister these things, all these sorts of things that don't happen anymore because he's in a more traditional school. It's happening for him, but not necessarily for an entire family. And so I think that was part of it. Also on days where it was hard, like he was having an emotional day, a mental health day, (laughs) you know, he was just done. He didn't want to be pushed. Um, School pushes you, right? And I think a lot of parents think that's good. Like, oh, go to school, get pushed. You have to be there on time and you have to respect the rules and you have to figure out how to stand in a line and all these like social skills. And yeah, I know that those are important. I also know that he only gets one childhood. And I also know that learning how to stand in a line um, is maybe not why I want my kid away from me for eight hours a day. And that's been my biggest struggle is there's a lot that he learns at traditional school that he may not learn at homeschooling. Um, but there's also a lot of those things are things that you learn in life. You don't have to learn that at six years old. You don't have to learn that at seven years old. You don't have to you know, do those sorts of things. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, it's social. The social aspect is really huge. And I understand where they're coming from. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of social aspects to going to like a more traditional school that he's going to now. Um, he has to deal with failure, uh, not being picked for the team. He has to deal with, you know, different comments from different kids who are being raised in different ways or say different things, eat different foods, right? Like he's exposed to way more But at the same time, he's actually exposed to way less. Like it's a very curated environment of kids that are all his age, that are all his same development. Whereas homeschooling, we were around people of all ages. Like I remember one day during our homeschooling, we took a trip to King Supers, our grocery store. And like I said, doing a lot of math and reading and identification at a grocery store. And there was like this elderly man who had a veteran's hat on and we then we started talking about veterans and he told us some stories and he was able to like share and impart wisdom of history, but it was basically a history lesson of his experience um, being deployed and watching my son learn from this man who was not his age, who was not his development, was not in his class, but he learned so much from him about what it means to be a veteran, what he did in the, um, in the army or in the service. And uh, watching this all click for him was really encouraging. And I think we miss that. that it, school isn't the only place we can get socialized, but you do have to socialize, right? Like you have to be able to talk to these people, like opening up to that conversation doesn't always happen for everybody really naturally. So um, I just think that's really powerful. And we forget that sometimes that homeschoolers are around other people <laughs> from all different ages and all different times, um, which I think is really powerful and can be really powerful if we leverage it. Okay, so back to our top reasons why we might go back to homeschooling, more time together. I really, I really don't love being separated from him for eight hours a day. Now, a few hours? Yeah, I totally get that. I think that can be really great for them too. But eight hours a day, five days a week. And I, like, obviously I work for myself. I have my daughter at home full time. So a lot of times I'm working at nights. Like, it's it's a lot on our family to be separated. I can feel his anxiety about it. Um, I have to be really intentional about my time with him. 
outside of school now, which of course is not bad. Like that's great to be intentional with it, but um, it's harder. It's certainly harder that he's out of the house that much. They have way more influence from other kids now, which we had never experienced. So there are things that he says or things that he does that he has learned from school. Not ideal, of course, not something I can always shield him from, but um, we want more time together as a family. Uh, I do think that homeschooling, it's a little bit easier to tailor to his needs as a learner, like what type of learner he is and have him progress differently. I have a friend right now who's just talking about her daughter finishes her schoolwork really fast and then she's just like waiting there until all the other kids catch up and then they can move on. And, you know, it's nice to be able to tailor his learning to him and however long it takes him and then we can move on, Um, whether that's he's going too fast or too slow, right? I think he especially, and I think, I think most kids are this way, but he especially is very sensitive to feeling like he's not getting it. That frustrates him. It frustrates me. I get it. Like, I don't like to not know what's going on, but I think, you know, classes that move on and leave those kids behind feeling really frustrated. That's where their confidence uh, goes into a tailspin. And then it's like, why even show up? Right. And so giving them that time and space uh, is huge. We've also seen with our son specifically, uh, comparing to other kids in the classroom has been really detrimental. You know, I'm not the fastest one. I'm not the fastest reader. I'm not the best reader. I'm not in the best, you know, whatever. And he's really hard on himself. So I think when you're at home, we didn't do grades. I wouldn't do grades. We don't do comparison to other kids. There's no like added pressure from other students. Like, I don't know how to explain this. I do think some pressure is good. I also believe our kids have internal pressure and desire already built into them, created that way, um, that drive to learn more, do more, all those sorts of things on their own timetables. I don't like stacking kids up against a wall and being like, you're faster than them, right? And I don't think the teacher's not doing this. My son is doing this. He's sitting in that class watching what other kids are getting scores on, what books they're choosing to read, how fast they're reading, when they're getting done with reading. Like he's observing all this and he's really hard on himself. I don't love that. I don't love that because where I see that going is him beating himself up, struggling, his confidence going into a tailspin and then not wanting to learn anymore or go to school anymore. And I want him to love learning. I want him to love school. All of those sorts of things, I think, uh, are really important in schooling. So I think those are all really huge. I think also finding ways when you're a homeschooler that you can integrate their passions and interests and what they are already drawn to. Like my son is very engineering minded. And so it was really great to be able to find different programs and um, lessons built around that specifically. And you just can't do that in classroom. That's not the fault of the teacher. <laughs> That's because she has 22 kids that are all uniquely differently wired with different passions. Um, so I think that's a really great kind of um, positive thing about homeschooling that we could do. Um, I think building, like I've seen a big rift or split between him and his sister's relationship since he started going to school. And I think that's just because of the time uh, and he's used to playing with kids his exact age. So it's he gets more frustrated with her when she can't do something um, versus when he was at home all the time. It was obviously like, oh yeah, she's a different age than me. And he gave her a little bit more grace. He's... Uh, he struggled with that. And my daughter too, is like, Hey, I, I get all the attention when you're gone. And now when you come home, it's very frustrating because now mom and dad are focused on you. Right. Uh, so I like having that family dynamic more often than not. Um, of course, playing with like other kids in different ages and stages was really powerful too during homeschooling. Um, so that's a little bit different. 
Also the, the hustle, you know, there's so much research around sleep and development and how important sleep is. My son is not a great sleeper falling asleep. So he stays up late at night and we've done everything, truly everything to support him going to sleep earlier. Uh, but he really doesn't. And so then having to get him up early in the morning to get to school on time, which honestly our school doesn't even start that early, but in comparison to some, but the research is really clear about sleep and especially during these like developmental years. Um, so I don't love that. I don't love that. He's not getting a lot of sleep. I don't love having to wake him up early and get him to hustle, to eat his breakfast and put his backpack together and all those sorts of things to get out the door. It feels like we're in a rush all the time. Um, we've recently shifted some things, so it feels less rushing, but there's still this, there's still this need to like get out the door. And I, I know a lot of people love that about school that they're like, that's teaching my kids like time management and all these skills to like get to school on time and do all the things, the things. And I agree. I see that. I see that benefit too, but Again, I don't think this is something he needs to learn at seven. <laughs> I don't think he needs to learn how to be on the world's timetable at seven, personally. Um, I think he has time to learn that. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, I also think, you know, that stress of rush, rushing brings on a lot of anxiety for him um, and for us as a family. And I don't think it's necessary. And I also think there's several things at play in our home and our family and our personalities that it's maybe not ideal for us. I loved our slow mornings with homeschool. I loved waking up slow and getting some things done around the house and getting a cup of coffee and sitting down with him and reading and then taking a break and letting him go outside if it was a nice day out first and then getting to our schoolwork and finishing up when we finished up. There's a lot of beauty in that kind of lifestyle, that slower, slow-paced um, lifestyle is really <laughs> more congruent with how we function best as a family, how we interact. And I just think starting his day off with rushing is not not great for his nervous system, not great for our nervous system. But again, that's um, our family values and, and what's important to us. Everyone, everyone gets to be different. Uh, so that's completely fine if you don't uh, agree with that. Okay, let me know if you relate, but before I became a mom, I really pictured all my kids' toys being like monochromatic and beautiful and strewn about the house, but I didn't mind because it kind of matched the decor. Little did I know that so many toys come into your home that are not your favorite. You know, the ones that overstimulate me with loud noises and flashing lights and movement and bright colors. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you're anything like me, but that stresses me out. And little did I know this, but that actually stresses our kids out too. So lucky for me, there are toys out on the market that are easier for kids to play with, more simple, more open-ended, and actually support their development and progress. And that is exactly why I have fallen in love with Love Every Toys. Okay, if you are new to Love Every, they are basically Montessori-inspired toys that are tailored for your child's specific age and stage of development. And what that means is these toys are going to best support where their brain development is right now and help them continue to progress and learn the skills that they need to know. I absolutely love that about them. Plus, these toys are quality and long-lasting. They're going to last you through multiple kids. And these are the toys in our home that my kids spend the most time playing with, truly. And even when they're scattered amongst the house, they look like they're part of the decor. I'm telling you, they are beautiful. So I'm going to go ahead and link their site below. Make sure to go check out their play kits, what they have for your child in their stage. You're not going to regret this. All right, now back to the show. So 
ultimately, I think I've covered everything of why we might go back to homeschooling. I, I really do love the school that he's at. I love his teacher. I love uh, the environment that he's in. I think it's a great school um, and does a really, really great job. I just think that there are certain things that can't be replicated in homeschool. And I think there are certain things in homeschool that can't be replicated in schools. And so we don't know. We honestly don't know what our best next choice is. Um, We don't know what that'll look like and we'll keep you posted. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. I certainly think that everything that I just listed of why we would homeschool, there's reasons also to why we'd go continue in uh, public school and, or rather, uh, it's not public, but <laughs> why we would continue in uh, more traditional schooling. So there's reasons for both. And I think there's beauties in both and neither system is perfect. Um, but I think what's my favorite part about homeschooling is really just being able to uniquely tailor it to my kids, make them feel really supported and understood and teaching them the way that they learn and finding environments for them to explore the world and, and building them up to be eventually adults who are able to function in the society and, and produce, um, towards the community and add so much value, but also be really great critical thinkers and create new things and be imaginative and know that their ideas are limitless and possible. And it's not that all traditional schools take that out of them, but I I think a lot do. I think a lot of traditional schools, it's about conforming to their ways of test taking, quiz taking, uh, reverberating information that you've learned. I mean, when I look back at my own schooling experience, school came very easy to me. Um, Very rarely did I have to study or work towards a lot. I would get A's on tests, but you asked me anything after the test was over and I already forgot it. I was very good at learning the system. I was very good at repeating information. I was very good at memorizing information. I was very good at learning how each teacher structured the tests and found their... um, patterns and then expose them and would get A's on tests and not even know how I did that because I didn't read the questions necessarily. I mean, it's not ideal. (laughs) It's really not an ideal situation that a lot of our conventional schooling is built on test taking. I was a really good test taker. Um, that's, that's why I got the grades I did. And so that's really until college really. Um, and that's really hard to admit because it feels, I don't know, it feels embarrassing. It feels, like manipulative. Um, but I do think that's how our school system is set up is to be really good test takers, to be really good information repeaters. And I don't, I don't necessarily want that to be my kid's legacy or looking back at school. I just look at all these wasted years of things that I could actually be learning. I think there's a lot of things that I missed out on because I wasn't actually learning it. And that's on me. I mean, that's part of my disposition is like, why, why learn it if I could just memorize it and then move on? that's my fault. Um, but at the same time, I don't think this, it was, I was never incentivized to really understand something and apply it and critically think about it and question it. And I think that took me so much more time later in life to get to that point. And I don't want that for my kids. I want them to do that from a young age, which is how we're born, how we're initially innately learners. And so I want to keep that in them. Um, So that being said, every kid is very different in how they function. But I also don't want my kids, if they're bad test takers, to be punished when they're smart. (laughs) They're just tests aren't maybe their thing. You know, Um, I've seen so many friends struggle through that where they're incredibly intelligent. They understand it. They know it. They're good at it. They know how to apply the information. And yet on a test, they bomb. And, you know, their school report cards show that. So all this to say, (laughs) there's no right answer. 
this is what our family's doing. Um, for now, I will keep you posted if things change. I hope that you recognize my heart in this and know that I truly do not believe in one foolproof system for every kid. I think everyone is different. I think every family is different. We have different values. We have different um, life lenses. We have different life circumstances. So everything is playing a role in what our decisions are going to be. So I hope this was helpful. Um, if you have any questions about homeschooling that I left off the table, please let me know. I will say most of my research, because some people ask me, well, how do you know what to do? Most of my research was just endlessly searching the internet, <laughs> endlessly searching the internet, finding a few mentors who have homeschooled before, um, who have tra- transitioned to homeschool before to ask them questions, <laughs> to lean on them, to get their insight, to get their experience. Uh, several teachers in my life that I reached out to, that I got uh, their experiences from, their feedback, their advice um, was really, really helpful. YouTube was immensely helpful in learning not only what I wanted to do, but what I didn't want to do. Um, Instagram as well, such a great resource, but at the same time, um, not getting overwhelmed and overly like inundated with information about homeschool because just like traditional school can get overwhelming um, and really recognizing that the whole point of homeschooling was to keep it simple, focused, and curated for my kid to succeed. And that wasn't happening when I was getting tied up and twisted and all like the official homeschool lingo. And anyways, if you're in the homeschool world, you know, there's a whole, it's a whole community. It's a whole community with its own beliefs and practices and judgments and um, strictness. And I also didn't want to play it into that. Uh, what I didn't know is because it's such a community they are extremely supportive for the most part and very, um, very community focused, which I also don't find in his traditional school is quite as easy to do, like getting connected with other parents and forming relationships and support. And in the homeschool world, I, I felt supported. Anytime I would put something out there that was like, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I would have a thousand moms telling me, oh my gosh, that overwhelm is so real. I'm here for you. Take it one day at a time. Take a break. Like so much support and community. And you have to have that because otherwise you're just alone. And homeschooling alone, I did learn, doesn't work. <laughs> and so um, there's co-ops and and meetups and so many resources for you as a homeschool parent, free as well, that I didn't know existed. And so I really loved having my eyes open to that. So if we were to do homeschool again, I would absolutely get involved with a co-op. I would absolutely get involved with other parents to have him have some time away from me, learning from someone else. I do think there's a lot of benefit to that. Um, I can't teach him everything. I also would get really overwhelmed. Like, what if I don't know how to teach him something? But there are so many resources online. And what's really cool is you just have to be a few days ahead of your kid um, to learn the material in order to teach it to them. And if you don't know it, guess what? Someone else in your community does and knows it so well and has taught it before they can help you. And that's really inspiring as well. I really love community and people and connecting with them. And so I think that was another really beautiful aspect of homeschooling that I don't feel like we necessarily have in traditional schools. I'm sure there are some um, that do that really well, but a lot of times it's not quite the same kind of educational support. So um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> it's still very much a time will tell game. I will keep you posted. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it was a little insight to our life and our family um, and it answered all your questions, but certainly feel free to reach out in DMs on Nutrition for Littles on Instagram if you have any more. And um, yeah, back to regular sc- scheduled programming uh, next week. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.